Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Tuesday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen around the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Bob out today at some meetings up in Jackson. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Dalton Stanford producing from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Joy Lee McNellis hires a new assistant head coach. Tell you about who that is a little later in the program. Brandy Alonzo, a former Southern Miss softball player, now a head coach in AIA uh, division, will be joining us a little later in the program. Uh, but first segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Uh, eaten here, loved everywhere. Let Dickie's uh, cook up your next lunch or uh, cater your next event. You can go see the home team out in uh, West Hattiesburg at Turtle Creek Mall, but stop by your local Dickies and tell them how much you appreciate them sponsoring the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander, happy Tuesday to you, sir. Thank you, Luke. You know, you've got a lot of people in Hattiesburg just a little bit upset, and I'm supposed to get sideways of you about something. <laughs> Is, yeah, is that the, the city of Hattiesburg collectively wants to know how come it's not introduced as beautiful Hattiesburg when downtown Laurel always gets the moniker of beautiful downtown Laurel? <laughs> because you, the, the studio is located about as far away from downtown Hattiesburg as you can get. Now here in Laurel, I am I am strategically located in downtown Laurel. So I guess I could say located in, uh, I can't say beautiful Oak Grove because then I would lose also. Well, and if you've so ever I been to say this... beautiful Highway 98 West. Yeah, and that doesn't really fit too well. I get it. Point point taken. We'll, we'll have to come and, up. And, the, and the, the, other reason, the other reason that adjective is thrown in there is that Laurel is known as the city beautiful. So that's that's one of the reasons that I do it also. Well, and you, you're right there with the, uh, the brick pavers out still in the streets of downtown laurel uh i get it I, no i i totally get the the beautiful downtown laurel but maybe we just need to come up with and if you've been to the studio here it's anything but beautiful but you know we'll just have to come up with some moniker for for well, our I mean, the, first bank the, studio the here. rooms are nice it's a nice facility if you know it may be because you and bob sit in there every day that it's like that but anyway we die grass for sure hey uh Big, big day today, uh, Kelly. Actually, big day yesterday and even today. NFL training camp starting up. Southern Miss has 13 former Golden Eagles on, uh, will sh- showing up in NFL camps. Several of those guys have starting spots, uh, but, but some interesting, uh, battles, uh, for some Southern Miss guys, um, in, uh, in training camp. And here's your list. And, and, uh, Kelly, we'll come back to a couple of these guys and, and, and let's talk about them a little bit. Cornell Armstrong. Strong, uh, will he reports tomorrow uh, to the Miami Dolphins? Of course, he's a, a veteran. Jamie Collins back with uh, the New England Patriots reporting tomorrow. Demar Dotson, who uh, really didn't play uh, football, uh, played basketball for a long time, and then 
Really took off in the NFL, that huge frame. He's down with the Bucks. he reports on Thursday. Rashad Hill, offensive tackle uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, T. Moore, Tavarius Moore, a great 40 uh, speedster, a safety nickelback uh, for the San Francisco 49ers, reports Friday. Nick Mullins uh, will be out there with his former teammate. Of course, Nick uh, looks like he's fighting for the backup position. Uh, Kalen uh, Reed. A cornerback for Seattle Seahawks, Jalen Richard, running back with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, one of the coolest names ever to come through Southern Miss, Rakeem Nunez Rochez. Uh, now with DeMar Dotson uh, down at Tampa Bay. Edo, uh, of course, uh, with Atlanta at running back. Mike Thomas with the, the Rams at wide receiver. And then uh, with my Hudats down in New Orleans, Cameron Tom, uh, a center. Several storylines here, Kelly. Let's talk through a few of them. The first one that jumps out to me, whatever uh, beef was there between Bill Belichick and Jamie Collins has now been apparently mended because Jamie back with his old team, the Patriots. Lots of times you can have disagreements, but the bottom line is talent speaks for itself. You know, sometimes you just get in a room and say, look, I'm not necessarily a big fan of yours personally, and you don't have to necessarily. And I'm not I'm not saying that this is what happened by any means. I'm just saying sometimes, you know, people will get in a room and say, look, we can both go to the same party. Why don't you just stay on that side of the room? I'll stay over here. But can't we just get along? You know, and I mean, it is a business after all, and everybody's out there to try to win. So if there was any uh, if there was any rift there and we all know from the history of the New England franchise, who's going to win? That rift, right? <laughs> so, yes. Uh, yes. That coach Belichick is going to win every one of those uh, those uh, situations. So you probably should should best accept it. But Jamie Collins' talent speaks for itself, and and Belichick would rather have a talented player than not. So you know one of those situations. But good for them. You know, good for the New England fans. Obviously, I don't like the Patriots, but I like Jamie Collins. So. Jamie Collins is one of the most freakish athletes to ever come out of Southern Miss. And, I mean, you know, what what do the Patriots need? You know I mean? They just go out and they sign one of the most athletic guys in the NFL. And Todd Munkin, I know, uh, he, when we talked to him on the Eagle Hour that day, man, you know, they had uh, – Collins was going back to New England and he wished he was on the other side, you know, giving his offense the balls with all those turnovers and stuff. Uh, next, obviously, Nick Mullins, who had a phenomenal rookie year. Uh, you look at what he did last year, over 2,000 yards um, he threw for, started some big games down the stretch. Uh, 64% of, of pass completions uh, early in the games, they would get him You know some, some of those that would get his momentum going. He loved his tight end. Uh, you look at the statistics, 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. I can never pronounce the starting qu- – his name's Jimmy, but I can never – Grappola or – Garoppolo. How, how do I pronounce his last name? Garoppolo. Garoppolo, absolutely, right. yeah. Garoppolo. Garoppolo uh, came over from New England, You know, signed that big contract a couple years ago, got hurt. Uh, Nick's going to be f- facing the guy that he actually beat out for the, the starting job uh, last year in the middle of the season, Berthard. Uh, your thoughts on Nick Mullins and, and what he's up against in a training camp? I think that he's going to wind up, and, and this might be a, a bit ambitious, but I think he's going to wind up in a, with a Brett Favre-like story that once he gets his chance to somewhere and be a starter, he's going to be a starter for a long time. And I'm not sold on Garoppolo. I'm not sure the people in San Francisco are sold you know, on Garoppolo. Because remember, you're, you're, in New England, it's, it's all about the system. You just talked about earlier, sometimes it doesn't matter who they plug in. You know, they're always going to be good because of that system. And I think, as evidenced by this, when you take some of these quote-unquote New England stars, 
Julian Edelman among them, and uh, he's just one that comes to mind. You put them on any other team, and they're average at best. You know, and, and there are very few exceptions. You know, and Garoppolo, you know, had, came from a great system, so the numbers that he put up there, everybody expected him to do, you know, the same in San Francisco, and he hasn't. So that should show you it's about the system in New England. So my point is, is that when people find out how average Garoppolo is, I think Nick may get his shot, and once, but once he gets his shot, I think he's, he's in for good and forever, not necessarily with the 49ers, but with somebody. So I think there are going to be some Brett Favre parallels. Going, and I hope that certainly is the case as his career progresses. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's a very cerebral quarterback. Um, he's got arm strength. Uh, one of the negatives was, you know, if he's on the right hash, throwing a deep out route on the left side. Uh, he got he got picked off last year in a big Monday night game, if I remember it right, watching it. But what they did was they adjusted him. They'd roll him out a lot. Uh, man, he loved the tight end there in San Francisco. I mean, it just reminded you of some old school connections. Uh, but he he was a leader, and that's what that's what people were you know amazed at last year. I mean, even the veterans for San Francisco just said you know when he comes in the huddle, it's it's his huddle, and that's what you want. That's what GMs look for. That's what what head coaches look for. And uh, various more will be out. Go ahead. I'm well, sorry. I was just because a, a, a postscript there on on Nick Mullins. San Francisco is still not a very. I mean, they're they're an average team, but they're not a good team. And anytime you have to, you put any quarterback in a situation where they're where they're constantly coming from behind, obviously gives the defense an advantage, knowing they have to throw the football. Well, if you know they're going to have to throw the football, then you know that tilts the scales over to the defensive side of the ball. So you're going to be more apt to throw interceptions when the other team knows that you're going to be throwing it all the time. So as San Francisco gets better, if they get better, I think you'll see those interception numbers come down because Nick won't be playing from behind as much. Yeah. And I mean, San Francisco is is a team on the rise right now. Uh, one of those guy, young guys they're excited about is is uh, Tavares Moore. I believe originally out of equipment, he ran a four uh, three on his on his pro day last year, taken in the third round. Uh, he he get, he's, he stays hurt, uh, and and so what they he got hurt some last year. He, he came in as a free safety. They loved him there. Then they moved him to cornerback. Uh, the safety coach for San Francisco is a guy named Daniel Bullock's played against him at Nebraska, and we were actually uh, at the same time with the Lions together. Uh, they they love him, but he's just got to stay healthy. And he, he's a he's a kid that they they look for maybe uh, next year or the year after that to be to be Pro Bowl. Uh, so this is what we'll do: we'll take a break, uh, of course, on the show. We'll take a break from this NFL talk, talk a little softball, then we'll bounce back uh, and talk some more of these uh, training camp stories with Southern Miss uh, former football players in uh, professional football. So Brandy Alonzo, former Southern Miss softball player, now a head coach at NAIA right after this on the Eagle Hour. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Tuesday, this segment brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street, just across 
Hardy Street from the University of Southern Mississippi. You can step out of the administration building and, as Kelly Sander calls it, the most yellow building in the world. I mean, inside. Is, is it not? It's pretty noticeable. <laughs> it is. It's noticeable. They're on advertising. I mean, if you're going to be if you're going to be campus bookmark, represent the black and gold. That building is is black and gold. But you go inside and it's just filled with everything you need to cheer on the black and gold. There's textbooks in there. There's t-shirts, hats. I'm telling you, if you want a new Southern Miss hat, just go right into Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street. Uh, if, if you can't make your way into the store, you can go online to the online store, campusbookmark.net. But uh, the, the best place in the world to go to get everything you need to cheer on, the black and gold. Well, switching some gears to softball, Southern Miss hiring a, a new softball coach uh, a few uh, months ago. And uh, here to talk to us, not only about her career at Southern Miss, but now uh, uh, herself, uh, a head softball coach. Brandy Alonzo played softball for the Golden Eagles from 2007 to 2010, and she joins us now. Brandy, what's up? Oh, nothing. Just, you know, living the dream. Lots of recruiting this summer, trying to get some good new players. Now, I was looking at uh, your 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 uh, resume on, on LinkedIn. You have done quite a lot since you graduated from the University of Southern Mississippi. I had softball coach. You were leading an athletic department. I mean, you know, how do you do all this in such a short period of time? You have to, you know, be willing to try something new, and then whenever you get that chance, just go all in. You know? You, yeah, absolutely. I, we, we know that 100%. You went all in when you came to Southern Miss out of Franklinton, Louisiana. Uh, your first year, a freshman All-American. Uh, the transition from high school to college uh, wasn't that hard. But tell us, how did you get from Franklinton to, to Hattiesburg, and, and how exciting was it that first year for you to be a freshman All-American? Well, I don't want to correct you, but it was All-Conference. I didn't make All-American, unfortunately. But, um, no, it was awesome. I was on a travel ball team with um, Coach uh, Cynthia Willie's niece, at the time, and kind of that connection got me seen by Coach McNutt and Coach Willie at the time, and they happened to come to a tournament where I guess I, I did pretty well, and we started communicating, and they brought me on campus. I fell in love with it, and the the rest is history, as they say. Coach McNutt, uh, she she won uh, Conference USA tournament. Uh, she was a part of those some of those World Series teams, uh, conference championship. Uh, you you were unique in the fact that Coach Dobson came in your sophomore year, but you had Coach McNutt uh, your freshman year. What do you remember about the type of coach Coach McNutt was? She pushed like she pushed us um, every day. Every time we were at practice, she expected the best at all times and. I loved it. Like, that's the environment that I felt like I did really well in, and she was able to get that out of us. You mentioned you mentioned that you were noticed at a, at a tournament that the coaching staff was at. You happened to play pretty well that weekend. Now as a coach yourself, surely it doesn't come down to one performance one weekend, right, whether you, whether you sign a player or not? No, not typically. Um... It's always nice whenever someone does catch your eye and you can communicate with them, create a little bit of a relationship and, you know, see them many times. Um, You feel them out, they feel you out, see if it's going to be a good fit. And when all, you know, the stars align, hopefully that's going to be that person that 
is playing for you for four years and, you know, is a relationship for hopefully the rest of your life. The reason I bring that up, Coach, is because you hear a lot, you hear a lot of these high school athletes in particular saying, man, I killed it that weekend. I had a great tournament, but they haven't called me. I don't understand it. You know, I just, I just killed it. And I'm going, it's, there's a lot more to this than how you played one weekend, right? I mean, even the worst oh, players yeah, have a good course. weekend every once in a while, right? Yeah, and, and I think what a lot of kids don't understand is you can play great, but are you playing that position that we need filled right now or next season? Um, like I said, you know, a lot, a lot of things have to line up. If you're really good in one aspect, but that's not really the aspect that we're looking to fill, maybe this just isn't the right place for you. I like to tell kids sometimes that, you know, not every place is for everyone, but everyone can find a place. Now you're up, now you're up um, in, in the state of Wisconsin now, which is uh, yeah. not only geographically a long way away, but culturally, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. And other than learning how to spell Manitowoc and Fond du Lac. <laughs> or Menominee. Yeah, Wisconsin. <laughs> a lot of weird uh, spellings up there. Uh, t- talk about that adjustment from the deep south, uh, to the from the north shore to the north midwest. Yeah, yeah it, it was a big adjustment. Um you know, being able to be outside year-round in the south and up here, you know, we have very limited time to be outside. So you have to kind of get creative with where you can practice or if you can practice and things like that. So I I think that when I got here, um, the culture shock really really got to me. But being here for a while, the, the talent has, from my perspective, just increased a ton. Like, I'm getting kids out of high school that are leaps and bounds from where I felt like the talent was a couple of years ago. So it's the area is definitely catching up. So don't count anyone out from the north. What can you put your finger on, Coach, as to why the step up in talent the last couple of years? I think it's, it's seeing how big the sport has gotten. And so people are just starting to put more time, effort, and resources into creating – atmospheres creating environments where these kids can you know be the best that they can be from an earlier age and i want to and, and you're, you're still a young person certainly everybody's younger than i am but i, I want to talk back <laughs> back in the day it was not unusual for a college softball game to finish the score of being one to nothing and now yep. and, and that was that was the norm back when i was your age but now increasingly yeah. you're seeing scores that are more baseball like seven to six you know eight to five uh, where did where did the offense come from all of a sudden, seemingly? I think it's coming from coaches learning a little bit more about what it takes to actually hit a moving ball and kids buying into it's sometimes not just as easy as swinging at something in the air and hoping you make contact. It's, you know, learning that mental game. It's trying to, you know, create a swing that doesn't have gaps and that type of thing. So, I mean, I think in some ways, softball, we're still a little bit behind baseball, but we're catching up. And I think you're just going to start seeing a lot more like big offenses. And at the same time, I think that pitchers are getting just phenomenal. Um, so everyone's getting better. And you can really see that when you go watch a good game. Is, is the travel game of youth, of youth softball catching up to baseball too it seems like everybody's playing travel baseball now even if you're not any good seemingly boys oh, are playing travel yeah, baseball 
There's, that's definitely on both sides. It's it's getting huge. Um, I I'm definitely one of those kind of mindsets where I would rather practice a little bit more and play games maybe a little bit less as I'm trying to get better because you really it's hard to make adjustments or legitimate adjustments in games. You have to do that in practice and. Sometimes I don't think playing, you know, eight games a week is probably the best for um, really growth. Yeah, players I time. agree. Yeah, I but, agree. So what, what memories do you have of Southern Miss? You, any particular uh, stories, that, a favorite story that you have when you talk to people about your college years? Oh, I, I loved it. Um, I, don't, I don't know if some of my stories are probably uh, radio safe. But, um, <laughs> we hear that a lot, too. <laughs> yeah, we do. I can't believe it. Um, no, just awesome memories of, you know, I started out being a middle infielder. And in the fall, I don't know if, I can't remember specifically if I was just the only shortstop there at the time or if it was me and one other person, but we were doing, like, cuts to the outfield or something. And Maybe I was just running around like a crazy person, and Coach like, Alonzo, you're running around like a gerbil on crack. Get your butt to the outfield. And I never really came back until my senior year. So she kind of kicked me out of the infield at practice and made me become an outfielder, which I love that transition. Being in the outfield was amazing. Now, now Luke, so, I, 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 Luke <laughs> I go through YouTube every once in a while, and I, I see a lot of things on YouTube, but I've never seen a gerbil on crack. I haven't. I haven't either. I'm, I I'm just trying to imagine that in my mind. <laughs> yeah, well, I know one thing, Brandy. You're running around like crazy. Yeah, I know one thing. You're. I don't know if you still know that where you are on the career list, but you're a tough cookie because you're third all time uh, with with most hits by a pitch. You got to hit 26 times in your career. Oh wow! I didn't realize it was that many. Um, I like to crowd the plate and. You know, sometimes if it was a pitcher where I was struggling to make contact, I might, like, try to coerce her to hit me or something just so I could get on base. You know, you do whatever you can to get on base for the team. That was always my mindset. So you do whatever. Uh, getting drilled, I would do it. <laughs> That's good. Well, we, we know you're passing uh, that Golden Eagle spirit on to uh, your players now. Brandy, thanks for joining us, and uh, good luck to uh, you and your squad this season. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on. I've great experience. Brandy Alonzo, uh, head coach uh, up in Wisconsin at Viterbo University. We'll talk a little more NFL. Me and Kelly will bounce it around right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Getting rained on here in Hattiesburg at the First Bank Studios. Kelly Sander along with Luke Johnson in Laurel. Dalton J. Stanford Esquire, to be specific, on the control panel here today uh, on this Tuesday edition of the Eagle Hour. This third segment brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium and home of one of the most tenacious trivia games in town weekly, although trivia has been put on hold until the academic school year uh, gets underway. 
So no trivia, but it's the place to shoot some pool, grab a burger, grab an adult beverage, and uh, peruse all the great Southern Miss uh, memorabilia. Probably the most extensive public collection of Southern Miss sports uh, material. Right right over the 49 Bridge across from the campus, uh, 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of the 895 Lunch. Luke, in our first segment today, we we're talking about the NFL training camps getting underway. Most of them now will be in full-fledged uh, practice uh, throughout the weekend, and it's not long before the Hall of Fame game takes place. And as part of the collective bargaining agreement, not a lot of practices taking place before teams actually hit the field. And we were running down the the roster of Southern Miss players now in the NFL. We were able to touch upon a couple of them. Where were we? Where did we leave off? Just finished up uh, with Tavarius Moore, Nick Mullins from uh, San Francisco 49ers. You know, you, you move over and you think uh, you, you go stay in the same state. Uh, Jalen Richard uh, at, at Oakland uh, for Chucky year number two. Now, the Raiders and, and the way that the, that organization, Gruden basically, like, you learned really quick whether he liked you or not. And I think last year they were like one of the oldest teams in, in the NFL. Uh, but they, they drafted Josh Jacobs out of Alabama, so he's going to be the, the, the number, he's going to be the first down back. But there's a lot of talk that they that they still like Richard, and he, he's going to be that situational. Here's a stat, Kelly, from last year. Really blew me away about Richard. As a running back, he was targeted 81 times in the passing game, and he caught 68 uh, receptions last year. And that's pretty wild. He, he's almost like a little spark plug you can put in there situationally and, and a third down back also. In fantasy football, too, we got a lot of fantasy football drafts that are going to be taking place here in the next uh, three or four weeks or so. Who was the guy with the Eagles the running back, he always ran the ball really well, but they'd, they'd hit him a swing pass about eight times a game, too. You know who I'm talking about? Darren Sproles. Yeah, no, Sproles. no. He was with uh, New Orleans for a while. Yeah, but before him, there was a guy that I can't remember the guy with the Eagles that everybody. Westbrook. There you go. Brian Westbrook was a guy. Brian Westbrook. Yeah, everybody wanted to draft Brian Westbrook because of the fact that he caught passes out of the backfield. That's, that's a big weapon. And a great tool. And I know the fact that the Raiders uh, did so much to get Jalen on that team. They obviously have big plans for him. So here's hoping you know that he, that all these guys stay healthy and have the productive years that uh, that the NFL teams are looking for. But that's a tough business. Yeah, Jacobs is Jacobs is going to be your your bell cow. I mean, that's, he, he's going to be that guy coming out of Saban's offense. But but Richard, I think Gruden likes him, and so there'll there'll be a place for him. Uh, to be able to do that. Uh, speaking of running backs, go over uh, to Atlanta. Ido Smith uh, coming off of you know his first year, and uh, the big question is uh, what kind of impacts he's going to have uh, because um, you know Tevin Coleman's over there. Uh, Devontae, or I'm sorry, Coleman actually. No, this is good for Ido. I forgot Coleman actually signed with the 49ers. So Ido's going to be looking uh, to, to kind of share the load with Devontae Freeman. Coleman was the backup, but in sometimes he it would depend on the day how they operated. He sometimes got more carries than Freeman did. Ito saw his workload increase last year because of the injury to Freeman. Uh, but but you know I think Ito's one of those guys. Uh, he he didn't early on. Uh, he, he showed glimpses, 
but it was hard for him to get in a rhythm. I think this year with maybe his role a little more clearly defined, uh, you may see him uh, get a little more playing time and make a little more impact. And even though it was because of an injury, the bottom line was when he got the opportunity, you know, he performed. And I know the Falcon fans, I actually got to see him play against the Bengals when they played over there in Atlanta. The Bengals actually won that on the last drive of the game. But Ito played very well. And the Falcon fans, for whatever reason, really like him. I mean, I don't say for whatever reason like he's a like he's a dirtbag or anything. I'm just saying in his in his infancy in his career, they've really bonded with Ito. They like him, so that's that's always a good sign too. Yeah, I expect his I expect his numbers to improve both in touches and overall offensive performance to to really take a, a good step forward this year. He's like a, and he's like a guy like Jalen. I mean, he can catch the ball. He did it at Southern Miss. Uh, when you have you know diverse weapons on offense like you do with the Falcons. Uh, you know, I look for they could even have multiple uh, back sets where Freeman's out there, and then they they dump it off to Ito. So, uh, if you're a Southern Miss fan, every game except uh, the Saints game, I may not be pulling for the Falcons, but I want to see Ito uh, do well. Speaking of my Saints, uh, the the biggest really. You would think, you know, talking about uh, the Saints, uh, can Breeze perform at age 40? Uh, life uh, after Mark Ingram, you know, Kamara's uh, now your your feature back. Uh, you would think maybe some of the questions would be on the skill players, but really, to be honest, the biggest question going into Saints training camp is who's going to play center. Max Unger retires last year, uh, and Cameron Tom, who's been in the system now, this is his fourth year in the system, uh, he, he was lined up. He played some last year, but they go out and they sign Nick Easton, uh, and this is really the only spot on the Saints that you don't know who's going to play first team. Cameron Tom is a guy, uh, he, he was an exceptional player at Southern Miss, and he's got a chance to be the starting center for the New Orleans Saints. And lots of times that position – you talk about a, a no-glory position. I mean, even the right guards and tackles and guys on the left side get more publicity on an individual basis than the centers. The centers are the no-names of every team, and they shouldn't be. Because like a quarterback, it, you don't necess- you're not necessarily a better team if you have a good center, but you sure are a lousy team if you don't. I mean, that center is a very important position. So you want a, you want a headsy-type guy and a guy that has proven to be durable as Cameron has as well. And you talked about, you know, can, can Breeze continue to perform at his age? As the NFL continues to tinker and tweak their rules, all of them further protecting the quarterback, it's not going to be unusual for guys like Breeze, like Tom Brady, to go till they're 45. If you can't touch them, you know, or can't hardly breathe on them without getting a flag, you know, they can, they can do that. And still, still at 45, you know, they can do that. It's when, it's when they get popped is when they decide they need to go to the house. So, um, which, makes, which makes it even more paramount for the offensive line to be good because you can't, can't expose that quarterback, especially if he's a franchise guy like Breeze is. Offensive tackle Demar Dodson, just a mammoth of a man, really a basketball player who developed into a football player. One of those guys uh, that was an undrafted free agent, and now he's in what year six, uh, year seven, starting for the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers um, at tackle. His teammate, another Southern Miss guy, Raheem Nunez uh, Rochez. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen him in public, uh, Kelly, but but Raheem is listed at six two, and he's every bit of five ten. And this was a guy for the Kansas City Chiefs that started for two years at almost a nose guard position at 5'10". And you just say, how in the world does that happen? Because he's got a motor, uh, unlike really 
any anybody else uh, that comes to mind in that frame. I mean, five ten nose guards don't play in the National Football League. Uh, he he switched, switched around some. Tampa Bay brought him in last year, and then they let him go, and now he's back. Uh, he's not looking at a starting position, but he'll be fighting his tail off in training camp to try to get a, a spot on that defensive line. And all that with what you just said, when, when you mentioned his name, you know the first thing that comes to my mind is what a nice guy he is. He is, yep. he is so genuinely nice. You don't even have to go up to him and say hello. If, if you make eye contact with him and he recognizes that you know who he is, he'll be the, he'll be the one to come up to you and shake your hand, give you a hug or whatever, and just you know, say, hey, what's going on? Such a magnanimous you know, personality. I'm so glad that, uh, that he's getting that continued chance because he's the type of guy that all professional sports need. You know, in this day and age where you seemingly hear nothing but bad things about players, he is really a good dude. And, and I wonder, you know, DeMar Dotson, that is quite a story. Whoever made that call with the Buccaneers or a scout that said, you know what, this guy's a basketball player, but I think he could play football. Whoever that is, is a genius, is brilliant. And, and whoever took the chance, whoever pulled the trigger to say, yeah, let's give him a chance. Those guys need to be patted on the back because they found them a good one. And in a most he, unlikely he's been place. A good one. Yeah, in a most unlikely he, place. Great story. I mean there was there was a reason, you know, with Todd Munkin, but last year they were third in in the uh NFC or in the all the NFL in in, in offense and in passing. Um a, a guy that we maybe haven't heard about in a few years, Mike Thomas, phenomenal receiver at Southern Miss with the Rams. You didn't see him in the Super Bowl because he broke his ankle last year uh, and he went on injured reserve, but he's back. He, he's a big contributor to special teams. Uh, you probably won't see him starting uh, for the Rams at wide receiver, but uh, he, he's in there in special teams a lot. They're counting on him uh, as depth this year. And I mean, let's be honest, uh, some guys uh, locally, Akeem Davis, man, you know, he made his living in the NFL for five or six years at special teams, and it's really cool when guys find their niche and play football professionally like that. Yeah, poor Mike Michael Thomas, I think what's, what's so funny is you can always tell a guy that who's in the fantasy football leagues but really doesn't know his stuff because there's another Michael Thomas in the league who's pretty good, <laughs> you know. And yeah. always go, no, I, I think I want Michael Thomas, but which you know, well, which one? Well, I, which one played it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so and and there's some there's some fan out there that thinks that the Michael Thomas from the Saints is the Michael Thomas from Southern. Mid- hey, just read. That's just, right. Just please read. It's all over the internet, you know. So, yeah, you know your stuff before you go into draft day. It'll be fun for sure. But uh, Kelly and I'll wrap up the Eagle Hour. Stick around right after this on Super Talk Mississippi. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center, located on Highway 49 down in Gulfport. The best place and best inventory for new and used manufactured housing. More room for you. More room for your family. Gulfport Home Center. Check them out. Uh, go see them in person on Highway 49 or, or check them out online 
at Gulfport Home Center. Uh, one, one more name to just to bring up, Kelly, uh, about because uh, he's a name very people very familiar. Cornell Armstrong with Miami uh, was used in a reserve role last year, and, and according to some Dolphin sites, uh, he, he's going to be f- fighting uh, for uh, the starting uh, number two corner position. So uh, you're out there, and, and you haven't heard that name in a little bit, Cornell Armstrong. Uh, he, he's a guy uh, that, that could impact. And, and, again, Kelly, I mean, it's true. If you make the 53-man roster, you're probably going to play special teams. They're not just going to – you're just not going to ride the pine the whole time, especially if you got four, 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 five speed. Well, and, and the injuries. I mean, good heavens. Everybody's dropping like flies every week. That's why I was a little shocked when the NFL Players Association is is considering you know expanding the season because it's it's so difficult now for anybody to finish the season, any season. You know, without getting injured, but not only pulling for Cornell, but I'm pulling for the Dolphins. I'm pulling for the Bills. I'm pulling for the Jets. The entire AFC East has got to get better if those stinking New England Patriots are going to get knocked off the top of the heap. You know, so I'm hoping yep. I'm hoping that the Dolphins get better. But a lot of a lot of little things going on around the university that are certainly noteworthy, Luke. They they really are. Uh, new announcement out uh, late yesterday afternoon. Coach Joy Lee McNellis, uh, women's basketball coach, has named a assistant head coach. Jack Trosper comes in. Last year he was the head coach at Wabash Valley College. Uh, they're a, a junior college, and he led them to a 32 and one finish. They went 18 and 0 in conference. They were number one in the uh, JCAA throughout the whole season. Got put out in the quarterfinals, so their only loss of the season was in postseason uh, play. He was uh, a former assistant at at Wabash uh, Valley College. And so uh, Jack Trosper, your new assistant head coach under uh, Joy Lee McNellis, he went to Texas A&M and and uh, was in the Southland uh, for a while. Uh, Also, Kelly, I know you you like the Southland. I do. uh, Welcome, uh, Jack Trosper. You'll see him on the sidelines, but if you see him out in town or see him around the campus, wish him a uh, very uh, warm welcome uh, as he's our new Lady Eagle assistant Basketball coach. Yeah, we got somebody from Texas A&M. Nah, take that. <laughs> They're obviously pretty, pretty cool article. Uh, pretty cool article. Also, Kelly L NCAA yesterday. They kind of had some fan votes, and this just kind of shows you uh, what kind of power uh, Golden Eagle Nation has. The 16 best college baseball stadiums, according to fans, came out yesterday NCAA, and right in the middle of the pack, beat Taylor Park. I, I don't see why it wouldn't, why it wouldn't be. But lots of times, you know, it's, it's not, it's just about a popularity contest, which when it comes to numbers, we can't compete with some of those uh, big schools. But, uh, of course, anybody that's been there, even the players, uh, Cameron Brenty was talking yesterday about the environment at Pete Taylor Park from a player standpoint, too. So well deserved. Good, good for them. Any good thing, any good press the university can get, we're, we're certainly all for. And, while we're on that, while we're on good news, you know the the family fun packages that they're selling for football now, and the closed in closed in end of the stadium where the band used to sit is where the the family friendly section is going to be. I have to really applaud the universe. I've been very critical at times when I felt like it needed to be critical, but by the same. By the same method, I want to applaud the university for, for trying to, to shake things up a little bit, you know, to, to get 
more people, more reasons to come to, to football games. And I, I really am hoping that that uh, family-friendly section right there, you're right there in the end zone practically. And I'm hoping, I applaud that move. The band is going to be over now on the east side where it used to be um, in the student section. So I really hope it works. I hope that people will respond. And I think it's a good move. The university just trying to trying to shake things up a little bit. I don't know if yesterday, if you saw it on Twitter, but uh, Pat Fitzgerald, who's the head coach at Northwestern, Big Ten's doing their media days this week, and, and he gave about a three-minute, four-minute speech about um, you know why attendance is lacking. And I was listening to some some other people talk uh, yesterday and, and earlier today. And one of the things that it, it's our job as football fans. You know, if, if, if we're going to pass down the legacy of what college football is and an integral to college football is the whole tailgating process, the whole getting to campus early. I remember growing up in Hattiesburg, mom and dad would bring me. I think I was at my first Southern Miss game and I was like six months old, but, but they would bring me. And even as an eight, nine, ten year old, I knew where the hub was. Back then I knew where the commons were. Uh, I, I knew the administration building. Uh, and, and then growing up, you know, uh, before I, before I played for Southern Miss, I, I, I knew the names on the Eagle Walk. Uh, my mom and dad taught me those things and all that went into my love for Southern Miss. I would have loved Southern Miss even if I wouldn't have played. Uh, but, but you know, integral, this is big. I mean, there's a reason to bring your children, not just for the family and fun. But, you know, if you want Southern Miss uh, to be doing well 50 years from now, Bring your kids to the games. Teach them who Rod Davis, Brett Favre, Ray Guy, Sammy Wander, Lewis Lips, Reggie Collier. Teach those people. Teach those young kids who they are. And, uh, you know, it's stuff like this. You're exactly right. The athletic department's headed in the right direction. Couldn't have said it better myself, Luke. You have to cultivate a fan base and start when they're young, you know. Well, we appreciate Brandy Alonzo joining us a little earlier. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, Bob will be back tomorrow, and we'll – talk all things Southern Miss again. For Dalton and Kelly, I'm Luke Johnson signing off and as always, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.